Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of John, chapter 11. The Jewish leaders only condemned themselves by acknowledging that Jesus was indeed working the miraculous. I mean, they admitted what he was doing. It was not that they failed to see what Jesus was or what he was doing. They saw it so very clearly. But their reaction was not to bow to the truth, but rather to attempt to crush it in hopes of making it go away. We might find this to be an absurd reaction of truth if we weren't forced to acknowledge that Well, men so often deal with this truth in the same manner today. F.B. Meyer, with a tongue in cheek, (laughs) once said, quote, Christianity endangers businesses, undermines profitable but wicked trades, steals away customers from the devil's shrines, attacks vested interests, and turns the world upside down. It is a tiresome, annoying, profit-destroying thing. Yes, indeed. You see, these men were not looking for the truth. They were looking for position and they were looking for power and perhaps they were looking to keep the power and position they already had. Because you see, nothing meant more to them. They would sacrifice anything, even their eternal soul, to have this. Power and influence. That's what meant something to these guys. The commentator Riley says this, this is a marvelous admission. Even our Lord's worst enemies confess that our Lord did miracles and many miracles. Can we doubt uh, that they would have denied the truth of his miracles if they could? But they did not seem to have attempted it. I guess they were too many, too public and too thoroughly witnessed for them to dare to deny them. How, in the face of this fact, modern infidels and skeptics can talk of our Lord's miracles as being impostors and delusions, they would do well to explain. The Pharisees who lived in our Lord's time and who moved heaven and earth to oppose his progress never dared to dispute the fact that he worked miracles. It is absurd to begin denying his miracles now, after 18 centuries have passed. Verse 49 of our text says, But a certain one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is advantageous for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation should not perish. Now, he didn't say this of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. And not for the nation only, but that he might also gather together into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day forward, they took counsel that they might put him to death. Now Caiaphas, he was the high priest there in Israel from AD 26 to 36. He, he had presided at the religious trial of the Lord. He was also present when Peter and John were brought before the Sanhedrin in Acts 4 verse 6. Now, the words of Caiaphas spoke here. No doubt, unbeknownst to him, were eerily prophetic, not to mention profound. In this, though surely not his point at all, 
we come to understand where Christ was going with all of this concerning the crucifixion. Jewish leaders knew the danger Jesus posed to their power structure. There was apparently no uh, limit to the lengths at which they would go to stop him. We know that Jesus not only let the crucifixion take place, but we know that God the Father literally arranged for it to occur. But now that doesn't change the fact that it was still murder, plain and simple. These guys would move to kill Jesus because they quite simply didn't want the truth. They didn't want him. That's amazing to witness the cognitive reasoning of men when they are in such situations. How the ludicrous can become apparently so reasonable in times like that. The world has always been fraught with what we know of as situational ethics. You know, it's where we effectively judge whether something is right or wrong by how it affects me right now. Jesus would die for the people. Please note the careful language. John 10:11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It's funny, however, that these men thought they would kill a man for proving that he had power over them. Verse 54, Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but departed from there into the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim, and he stayed there with his disciples. Now the entire time Christ was walking with man upon this earth, and we know that. He was clearly on a schedule though, wasn't he? He had walked and he had ministered openly among the people since he first burst on the scene that day when John the Baptist spoke those immortal words, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But now Jesus, he would significantly narrow, if you will, the scope of his ministry. A more careful and particular role with mankind would ensue from this point forward. His schedule, therefore, was now going to change dramatically. After these events had transpired, Jesus retreated to the wilderness with his disciples. No, not out of fear, but out of necessity. For now, what was clearly important was those 12 men. It was apparently now phase two of his earthly work. It was time to ready the troops. Those who would continue on pursuing the kingdom once Jesus had departed this earthly realm. You see, they would go on to fight the fight. They would follow in his footsteps to evangelize the lost, and they would go out to train up even more disciples. They would raise up yet another generation, and then another, until we count ourselves today disciples of Christ. Those of us that would stand here today as his servants. Verse 55 says, Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand. Many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then they sought for Jesus and spoke with one another as they stood in the temple. What do you think? That he isn't coming to the feast at all? The chief priests and the Pharisees had commanded that if anyone knew where he was, he should report it that they might seize him. So the fact was, this Passover season was in play here, and that issue, that item, is significant in the storyline because you see the feast, it, it symbolized to the Jewish nation the removal of sin. So one cannot overlook the fact 
that while the people were celebrating the Passover feast, the removal of sin, the leaders were seeking literally to commit the, to commit the most heinous crime in history, and that is the murder of the very Son of God himself. That is some irony. People, too, would be coerced to deny Christ. They would be coerced out of fear and, and, and the desire to maintain the status quo of their lives in the world. After all, Jesus was always and is always shaking things up. And many people, they don't want their lives changed. They don't want their lives rearranged. So indeed, at this point, the people actually sought Jesus, but oh yes, soon they would chant, crucify him, crucify him. You see, when a heart is allowed to grow hard, it does not remain in that state. It's not static. It will only grow harder and harder and harder, and soon we find ourselves doing things, well, things we never dreamed we would do in a million years. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.